Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investing podcast with me, your host, Frank Fleck. It is incredibly difficult, I think, to motivate yourself, to believe in yourself, to take action. I was presenting at a mastermind of seven and eight figure business owners, very, very successful business owners. Afterwards, we went for dinner. My favorite cuisine, actually, sushi. Just by coincidence, that's where the organizer had uh, chosen for us all to go for dinner. And I was sat and having been a speaker, lots of people were saying, oh, I've got a question about this, Frank, and I got a question about this. And the question that came up most was, I haven't yet started investing in property, and I am concerned that now's not the best time. The attention with which they listened to my answer, the follow-up questions, the sometimes slight skepticism really brought it home to me that people truly don't think that they should be investing in property right now. It's conditioning. It is 100% conditioning from the media. And so in this episode, I'm going to dispel those myths and try and encourage you, motivate you to buy some properties. And I'm not suggesting you do this from my armchair and then not doing it myself. I have completed on two purchases last week. So I am walking the walk. This is what I am doing at the moment. It's a good time to be buying property in my opinion. But let's start off with why it's a bad time to buy property. So why did that room of highly successful people you know, some of them have got 20 staff members. In fact, one guy had, I think he said he had a thousand staff members, which is quite the team. So why is now a bad time to invest in property? Or why do people think now is a bad time to invest in property? More to the point, interest rates are higher than they've been for over a decade. So cash flows and returns have dropped on property. That's what some people would have you believe. It's true. It is true that if you look at the last decade, you will be paying, well, interest rates are much higher than they have been for the last decade. That is definitely true. The uh, interesting part of that is because I'm a portfolio landlord and because most of the most competitive offers and products haven't been available to me due to the volume of, of purchases I'm making and the size of my portfolio, I've actually not dropped a lot below 5% interest on new mortgages over the last 10 years anyway. So even though interest rates have dropped loads, the actual cost of my borrowing hasn't gone down much at all. You know, I've got fixes at the moment at five, uh, five year fixes at 5%, five and a bit percent. Well, at the moment, I'm getting under 6%. I, I don't think I'm getting under 5% at the moment, but I am getting under 6%. So that's not a big jump to go from 5% to 5.8%, for example, is not a jump, but the media would have you think that it's a 40-fold increase, which it is a 40-fold increase in the Bank of England base rate, going from 0.1 to 4%, but I wasn't getting my lending at 0.1, so that's largely immaterial. So the first fact that the media will point out is that interest rates are really high now, so you can't make money on property. 
absolute rubbish. You have to stack your deals better. You have to construct them better. You have to monetize them better. The second reason that the media are giving to scare people away from investing, by the way, all of this is great news. I love all of this and I'll, I'll explain why in a moment, is that property prices are going to drop. Of course, if you're going to buy something worth 100 or 200 or 300,000 pounds, then you don't want to buy it today and it be cheaper in a month's time. And I, you know, it's very hard to, to argue with that logic. The difficulty with doing that is it means that you're trying to time the market. So it means you are trying to pick the best time at which to buy properties and presumably the correct time to sell your properties. So if that's the case, how are you going to do that? So property prices have dropped recently. I'm picking stuff up for probably 10%, maybe even a little bit less than I was six months ago. Should I buy now or might it drop further? If it might drop further, then presumably I should wait and wait for the right time to buy the absolute bottom. But how do I know if it's going to be higher or lower tomorrow? If it's higher tomorrow, then I've missed my window. And if it's lower tomorrow, then I'm right to have waited. But should I buy tomorrow? It's a really, really difficult thing to judge. And here's the thing. If you're only ever going to buy one property, then perhaps, you know, right now I would wait. Perhaps it will be lower in six months or a year or two years. But as I've just explained, that's really hard to, to judge. And the likelihood is you're going to miss time your purchase anyway, because it could go up tomorrow, but then it drops again in three months time and you've, you've bought just as it's going up and then it drops again. So really, really hard to time your buying. But the other thing, the, the other problem is most people don't want to buy one investment property. Most people want to start buying investment properties with a view to buying more. The sooner you buy your first one, the quicker you're going to get your second investment property. And I speaking to a guy last night. He had about £750,000 liquid that was earning between uh, around 5%. He said some of it was slightly higher than that, but around 5%. So some of it was sat in the stock market. Some of it was sat in just current accounts earning, you know, next to zero or certainly losing money against inflation. His question was, well, surely with interest rates so high and with property prices soft at the moment, I shouldn't be putting into property. And I just pointed out what's happened in the last two years. So the exact numbers I gave him, which I'll give to you now, is if you go and buy, he lived in central London, if you go and buy a £100,000 property and his, his you know, jaw dropped because he said, I can't buy a garage for a hundred grand. And I said, no, you'll need to go to another part of the country to build a portfolio of £100,000 properties. I said, you don't need to do it there. You can do it in London. But obviously, your 750k is not going to go as far in other parts of the, in, in London, uh, especially central London. But I said, just bear with me. And let's assume for a moment that you're happy to buy in another part of the country. So you're buying £100,000 houses, of which, guys, there are loads of places in the country where you can buy little two-bedroom two houses, two-bedroom terrace houses, three-bedroom semi-detached houses, ex-local authority for £100,000 or thereabouts. Maybe 120, maybe 140, but that's absolutely fine. But I'll use 100 because it's easy maths. If you buy a £100,000 property, you're going to be putting in £25,000 deposit. And that property might make you £200 a month net 
profit before tax on the rent. So the rent might be £500 a month and then you've got a small mortgage on that of £75,000. You can work out how much that will be. You'll have a little bit of insurance. You'll have a little bit of letting agent commission, 8%, 10%. And you'll probably end up with £200 a month, something like that. Let's just keep the maths nice and round. So £200 a month times 12 months is £2,400. You put £25,000 in. That is not a bad return not quite 10%, 2,500 pounds would be 10%. So it's more like 9.8%, 9.6%, something like that. Not bad at all. And you might say, well, actually, Frank, I've had to pay 3% stamp duty. True. So that'd be another three grand. So now you put in 28 and I've had to pay lawyers. Let's say lawyers are two grand. So now I've had to pay 30,000 pounds. Okay. So now I'm at eight and a half percent, something like that. Not a bad return. Still beating his 5% in his, uh, in his stock market investment and smashing his interest paid by the high street banks. But what I said to him is over the last two years, we've seen approximately 10% capital growth a year. Now, you're not going to see that every year necessarily for a 10-year period. But if you look at that for a moment, now people think, oh, 10% and, you know, on my money, 10% ROI capital growth and my rent. Oh, so now I'm at 18%. No, that's not right because the property has gone up by 10%. So the 100,000 pounds has become 110,000 pounds. It's not your 25,000 that's gone up by 10%. So now his 25,000 pound deposit is 35,000 pound equity. That is a 40% ROI if you were to sell the property. So you got 40% on capital growth and eight, 9% on rental ROI. And that is a phenomenal return. So when people are saying, oh, is now a good time to buy or not? Well, even if that property drops by 10% over the next year, you're not going to sell it. You're just going to hang on to it. So you're still going to get your 8 9% return, cash on cash return. But over the next decade, and it's always best to hold property for the long term, um, especially if you're a uh, a novice investor building a portfolio. Of course, you might trade properties if you're more sophisticated. And and those of you that that subscribe to the podcast, you'll know that that I do do that. I do buy some properties for short term. Not many of them, honest. Most properties I hold forever. I never want to sell them. Um, and in fact, I'm looking at how I can put them into trusts for my kids so they never have to sell them. <laughs> or better, never can sell them. <laughs> That's probably a, a topic for another podcast. The return might be lower. The return on capital might even be negative over the next year or two if prices drop. But you're still going to get your 8 9% return on cash from the rent. And over the next decade, you would expect 10 to 15 years, the property market doubles uh, on average. And you can look back at the last 120 odd years and that is true. Could there be an exception? Yes. If there's an exception and it takes 20 years, well, you just hang on for, for longer. But if the property market doubles every 10 years, then it is a 10% growth each year on average. If it's every 15 years, then obviously it's a bit of a smaller growth, but it's still substantial because you quadruple it because you've only got a 25% deposit. So you've only put in one quarter of the money for the property if you've got a 25% deposit in. But if the property goes up in value, you quadruple that uh, that gain. And of course, you choose when you cash in that uh, that property. You choose when you 
liquidate your equity. And of course, you might choose never to sell, but just to refinance. There's no tax on refinance. You can refinance all the way up to the full value of the, the property and you're, uh, you're rocking and rolling. So those are all the reasons why people, why this room of really sophisticated business people were cautious about entering into property. Oh, and the big one, nearly forgot. The big one, of course, is EPCs. So if anyone does any research now about buying properties, they're probably going to come across an article or two explaining that buy-to-let properties with an E or a D certification on their EPC are going to be worthless. If you read the mirror, going to plummet in value, yada, yada, yada. Truth of the matter is, they probably are going to get cheaper as you get towards 2028. So they've given five years warning. But those properties, there probably will be a bit of panic selling now, which will contribute to prices softening, which will mean that return on investments go up for the properties that you want to buy. I'm not saying go out and buy D&E properties. Now, I will be. I will be going out and buying D&E properties because it's a bit like the opposite of the 3% stamp duty coming in. The 3% stamp duty was hilarious because they did give you warning. So there was warnings about it. And I, I can remember the day before we had five transactions going through and we completed on four and the fifth one we missed and we had to pay the 3% stamp duty on the, on the fifth property. But people were paying, I kid you not, eight, nine, 10, I saw one property go for 15% more because they wanted to buy before they had to pay 3% stamp duty, <laughs> which if you think about it, is crazy. So you got a hundred thousand pound property and the stamp duty before the uh, uplift was zero on that. Uh, the the um, start of stamp duty was 125,000 pounds at that point, if memory serves me. And someone paid £115,000 to buy it early to win the bidding war rather than wait for another property and pay one hundred and three pounds for it. They paid £15,000 more to get that property and not pay the 3% surcharge. It was crazy. The opposite is going to be the case here because people are emotional beings and the majority of people don't operate logically. And this is where as a sophisticated property investor, you can operate logically and not get wrapped up in the emotion. So I am currently studying EPCs. In fact, I'm considering putting myself on an EPC course, which seems like a massive waste of my time, but I want to be able to call my EPC assessors out if they are not measuring my properties correctly. I haven't decided on that yet, but I'm definitely learning about EPCs and how the calculations work, etc. at the moment. Because I predict that people might have to spend £2,000 to get their property from a, a D to a C, but that property might sell for £10,000 less because it's a D and it's unlettable. And I think this might become more and more common as we get through the next five years. Also, EPC assessors, if you're a young listener, by the way, and you're thinking to yourself that um, you're not sure about what career to go into and you're wanting to have a job to go alongside your 
sophisticated property investing, EPC assessor now is probably the best time to go and get yourself qualified because the demand for EPCs is going to go through the roof. So I've got lots of 10-year EPCs that I've done in the last five years that are showing a D or an E. I'm going to have to get, regardless of what happens, I'm going to have to get them recertified. But I wouldn't ordinarily. I'd wait for the end of the 10 years. So there are going to be, there is going to be a massive demand for EPC assessors. But also people are going to want EPC assessors who are willing to tell them what to do, to advise them on the most economical way of getting to the E, for example. And I know the EPCs are supposed to do that, but I think there's going to be a whole load of consultancy where EPC assessors can go around and advise you on what to do to get it to an, a C before they actually assess it for you. So that's a good little um, side hustle if someone's up for that. The long and short of it is those properties, I think, and it's, it's not like a finger in the air thing, you'll be able to do this. If you know what it takes to get a property from an E to a C or from a D to a C, you can then gauge where to put your offers in. And if there's an example of that where a property is 10,000 pounds less, but you know you can fix it by putting in energy saving light bulbs, by putting in loft insulation and some other fairly cheap measures when everyone else is thinking, oh, I'm going to have to put in double glazed windows, for example, that's going to cost £10,000, £15,000. If you can pick these deals up at less than they're actually worth, and this is what Warren Buffett does in Stocks and Shares, he is a master at valuing companies. He just looks for what he calls the cigar butts, probably quite an old metaphor now, but basically there's, there's still some juice in the shares. So the, the shares are at a price that values the company at 1 million. But actually, if you look at all the assets, it's worth 2 million. So why would you not buy that all day long? And that's how he's made his money, because eventually the market realizes that that share, that stock is undervalued and the market catches up. But by that point, Warren Buffett has bought his shares. So that's what I will be doing over the next five years for definite, um, as well as, of course, getting my own portfolio up to a C, which will take some money. We might need to do some refinancing to do that on the, the size of portfolio that I have. But we've just seen 20% growth in capital values over the two years. So that's no problem. We've got rents going through the roof still. We've been putting our rents up for the last two, two and a half years. So we've got some really nice rents coming in now. We're still putting our rents up because demand is so high. So we've got additional cash flow coming in from rents. Yes, we have some additional costs from interest rates going up. And we do also have actually additional costs from energy prices in our HMOs and our holiday lets. That is a, an additional cost. But because we're quite diverse across our portfolio. That's not a massive cost across the, the portfolio. Also, because I'm diversified in the products I have and the lenders I have, I have still lots of products on, on fixed rate mortgages and the end rates of those are staggered. And, and this, is, this is what I have been preaching for the last 200 plus episodes on, on the podcast. So if you just do the same thing in property, so you buy a property every two months, every three months, every two weeks, every four weeks, 
depending on what your strategy is and how aggressively you want to build a portfolio, you're going to average the market. There's no way of beating the average of the market. But equally, you don't really need to beat the average of the market because property prices over time go up. Now, there are some countries in the world where there's such an abundance of land that that's not the case. But in Europe, certainly in the UK, there is a shortage of land. There's an undersupply of property. And so property prices do over time go up. Now, you might be thinking, I want to beat the market, Frank. Well, yeah, so do I. But the way to beat the market is not to time it. Because if you try and judge your timing, if even if you could pick the perfect day, try buying 50 houses in one day when you've decided it's the perfect time. It's impossible. And so you don't try and beat the market by timing it. You beat the market by buying below market value. And that's where picking up properties for 15, 20, 25, 30% below market value really makes a difference because it's like rolling back the clock. So it's like buying properties at 5, 10, 15 year ago prices. And that's how you can beat the market because of course, if you have market value, that's what everyone else is paying for property on average. If you're buying below market value, then fantastic. You are getting a, a discount on the market, which means that you already have baked into the deal. You already have additional equity above and beyond what you've paid for in the property. So guys, I hope that this episode has motivated you. I hope it has encouraged you to take action. If you were sitting on the fence and wondering what was going to happen in my opinion, interest rates are just going to come down from this point. They might go a little bit higher and then come down, but I do expect them to settle. I wonder if it could be a bit higher, but I can't see us ending up at five, six, seven, eight percent, which perhaps would temper my appetite for growing my portfolio. But so long as we stay at five, six percent or lower, I'm happy to keep going. So hopefully this episode is giving you confidence to crack on because the returns are just phenomenal. If I look at my net worth over the last 10 to 15 years, it has come from taking action and being patient. That's the long and short of it, being patient with the properties that I've bought, managing them as effectively as possible, buying as competitively as possible and being active. So guys, I hope this has motivated you. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.